Next on BYUSN, BYU loses big in Las Vegas. Where did it all go wrong for the Cougars against Notre Dame? Jaron Hall, Michael Mayer, a big missed opportunity for BYU to take down the Fighting Irish. I hate missed opportunities so much. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation on a Monday, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, October 10th. I am Spencer Linton. He is Jerem Jordan. We are hey. commiserating today. And, hey, at least BYU's got a brand-new football helmet that they're going Check to unveil out. for the Arkansas Check game. Check this out. So BYU's going uh, white on white. It's a white out. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the cougar on the helmet mm-hmm. mm. right here. Mm. Yeah, hand, And the mountains. Hand-painted. Hand-painted. How cool is that? We've That's never awesome, seen man. a customized helmet like yeah. this before in BYU football yeah. history. This this is a brand new venture. And back-to-back weeks with a kind of unique new helmet that's never been used in BYU history. Yeah. Let's go. The blackout uniforms, by the way, looked fantastic. They looked so great. on TV, hey, very clean. You were there. Shout out to all the Cougar fans who showed up. Amazing. L- loud. Like, really loud, especially between quarters three and four. Yes. Jack Collinsworth on NBC said, hey, the Let's Go Cougars chant. That was pretty awesome. So... I know a million people that went down there. It was, it was a great showing sure. from Cougar Nation. It was special, yeah. And I took a little bit of a video of it because, I mean, it, it was one of those chills You brought moments. some uh, film camera? Right, yeah. No. That's awesome, man. <laughs> no film. Oh. Just a video okay. on my phone. Oh. But, oh. Uh, yeah, the, I, the BYU fans, you would have felt like it was 50-50 in that moment within that Which stadium. is shocking given uh, it was not a BYU It was not. It was and it not. never was going to be, Yeah. But they kind of took it over in that moment. That's that was, awesome, that was special. If only BYU had taken it over. Uh, coming up on the program, Jaron Hall's convo with Spencer after the game. Is he hurt? He addresses that. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on what cost the Cougars the game, the matchup with Arkansas. Oh, yeah, by the way, Saturday. And holy mackerel, Taysom Hill has him a day. He does something that's never been done in NFL history. Mm. Mm. But first, today's headlines. Beginning with, yes, BYU football in Allegiant Stadium, home of the Las Vegas Raiders, losing to Notre Dame 28-20. The 16th-ranked Cougars drop out of the Associated Press Top 25 for the first time in a while. Some details on that with Trevor Maddich coming up. So BYU on the outside looking in, dropped to 4-2 on the season, and to make matters worse, star receiver Gunnar Romney taken to a Las Vegas area hospital following the game for a precautionary evaluation. The good news is he was released later that night. Unknown on his status, he's going to be able to play against Arkansas or moving forward this season. Cougars and Razorbacks this Saturday in Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 3.30 Eastern on ESPN or ABC. Taysom Hill had an incredible day. Scored four touchdowns, three rushing, one passing, a fumble recovery, uh, and a 69 kick return yards against my Seahawks. Going to win there. According to my research, he's the first player in NFL history to ever do that. Pro Football Focus has Unbelievable. I couldn't find anyone who's ever done that. Zach Wilson, 14 of 21, 210 yards, had a rushing TD. Didn't have any passing TDs. It's going to cost me in fantasy. As the Jets beat the QB-depleted Dolphins. How about the rest of the Cougs in the National Football League? Fred Warner had himself a day. Nine tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss. The 49ers beat the Panthers 37-15. Jamal Williams had 56 yards rushing in a shutout loss of the Patriots. Tyler Algier, bigger role for the Falcons, 45 yards on 13 carries. Sione Takitaki had three tackles and a loss to the Los Angeles Chargers. With Kyle Van Noy 
On the other side, he had two tackles and a win against Sione's Browns. And Dax Milne, 27 kickoff return yards, 29 punt return yards, and a loss against the Titans. He's a special teams guy now. Absolutely. Number 14 women's volleyball sweeps San Francisco, hitting 506 to advance to 6 0 in league play, led by 10 kills on 400. 450 hitting from Aaron Livingston. Cougars play at St. Mary's on Thursday. Trent Moser representing BYU Men's Volleyball and Team USA win gold at the Pan American U21 Cup. Moser had two blocks in a three-set sweep of Mexico. So homie could have been going to like American Heritage instead he's in Havana. Yeah, he's living it up. Blocking he's people. Li he's living it up. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Women's soccer tie specific 1-1. Olivia Wade scored the goal in the 14th minute. Tigers equalized in the 75th and the Cougars hit the post with two minutes left. Spence, that's two ties in three West Coast Conference games now. That's tough. Mm. Cougars host number 15 and 9-0-4 Portland. Big game Saturday night on BYU. Wow. Unbeaten Portland. Here we go. Connor Mance. Oh, doing his thing. Apparently, if you want to run marathons, you come to BYU and you run Fred Eystone. Are yeah. you Roy Linkletter? Okay. But seriously, uh, he ran a two hours, eight minutes, 16 seconds in his marathon debut. Second fastest debut time, just 20 seconds off the previous pace. Came in first among American runners and seventh overall. That's unbelievable because you're going from, uh, you know, like a, like a what, a six mile, a 10K? Yeah. Up to 26.2. Are you kidding me? Jeez. And Jordan Mattias and Team USA lost 22 to 10 to Italia Saturday in the first game of the Women's Rugby World Cup in New Zealand. Americans got to do some work in the final two games of school play. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU football now 4-2 and two outside of the top 25 with a game <sighs> against Arkansas bearing down this Saturday. But we need to rewind to understand better and hopefully how BYU needs to improve to take a win against Arkansas. So there's power in looking back and trying to fix the mistakes, Jerem, but where did BYU go wrong against Notre Dame and what cost the Cougars ultimately against the Irish? Jaron Hall played his uh, worst game as a Coug, and that was tough. He's clearly hurt. I said the Friday after Utah State, not a lot of people were talking about this, but we brought it up, that I was afraid that Jaron Hall got hurt in that game because of an early uh, you know, uh, pressure, and then obviously the hit at his knees. He walked off with his arm kind of down a little bit. <sighs> He's clearly hurt. And that first throw was the worst throw of his career, perhaps at any level. Like miscommunication, clear pick. He'd only throw one all year. That was tough. 9 of 17, 120, two touchdowns and interception. Uh, took a safety. To, took a safety. Like something was off, and clearly yeah, something's yeah. wrong with Jaron Hall because normal average – J everyday Jaron Hall does not do those things. Uh, PFF had him with the second lowest offensive grade, uh, worst passing grade of his career. So that was tough because we felt like Jaron Hall could keep or win the game for BYU. And after the game, Kalani Sitake and Jaron Hall addressed Jaron Hall's health. Listen to this. And everybody's dinged up. Everybody has a thing. Um, I felt 100%. Um, you know, early in the week, a little different story, but tonight felt great. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he was 100%. So, um, you know, we had to look at all the decisions that we're making and, and um, making sure our guys are in the right spot. I, I think that, um, you know, he, he definitely was banged up. Obviously hurt, and it showed. And, and this, is, this is too bad because the run game actually works, Spence. Uh, Chris Brooks had a nice game, uh, and, and BYU 
did a, did a good job rushing the ball, 5.4 yards of carry. It was BYU's inability to throw the ball effectively. Now, Pukunakua has a big drop. There's a few no calls there that would have been nice. Didn't happen. Uh, and, and BYU doesn't throw the ball as well as we thought. If, they, if Jaron Hall has an okay game, BYU wins this game by 7 or 10. Jaron only threw the ball 17 times. 17 times, nine completions. Keep in mind, Michael Mayer for Notre Dame had more catches by himself than BYU receivers had combined in the game. Time of possession, a huge deal. That's an and issue. This, this yeah. goes back to the first play of the game. BYU yep. had two one-play drives. Two of them. One play. Not ideal. An interception to begin, and then you hold Notre Dame you stop them on the three-yard line. They go for it. They're nearing the end zone. The defense shuts them down. Huge momentum-shifting play potentially, and BYU takes the safety on the next play. That is tough to overcome as a defense. That's when you end up with things like uh, Notre Dame possessed the ball for 41 minutes and BYU had the ball for 19 minutes because you've had two one-play drives. BYU could not sustain anything in the first half. Jaron Hall clearly did not look like himself. He got comfortable in the second half. Yeah. Did something change? Maybe he started to feel better because it didn't look like it was bothering him nearly as much in the second half. And I wonder if it just took a little while to get, like, literally warmed up. If it's a shoulder injury, maybe he trusted the shoulder more in the second half. I, I can't speak exactly to that. We'll hear from Jaron, your conversation with him, and you asked him about it coming up in the next segment. But that was tough. Um, okay, uh, another thing. Michael Mayer. This yeah, 11 just, catches, him up. 118 yards, two touchdowns, targeted 15 times. He was tough to stop. First half dominated. Second half still had that uh, touchdown catch there. Last week I said he really popped. Like this guy was going to be a problem, and he was. And unfortunately, BYU couldn't slow him down hardly at all. Well, BYU, uh, Michael Mayer was unbelievable, taking nothing away from <laughs> so him. So good. Jeez. But there were more than a few plays where Michael Mayer didn't have to make a spectacular play. He just had to catch a ball as an open receiver. And that was what had defenders on the sideline and coaches kind of scratching their heads was, okay, what, what do we need to do? Clear, clearly something's we're not getting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, this is allowing him extra time to find wide open Michael Mayer. Like they didn't bracket him effectively. He's getting behind the defense in the red zone. I mean – He's wide open on why, a few occasions. Yeah, why is like, he wide open? Why is Michael Mayer wide open? And BYU's clearly, clearly playing a zone there. And, and there's not one defender just, that could defend him. But like you said, yes, bracket him in a way where you make someone else make a play. They were depleted at wide receiver. They had like one dude that, that did anything coming into the game and, and in this game besides Michael Mayer. This, this adds to the frustration. And I had a conversation, and I'm not going to put his name out there, but with somebody on the BYU football staff after, and he said – there, there are losses where you just tip your cap sometimes, and you're like, yes. hey, you were just better than us. Totally. Oregon. You know, he pointed Oregon to the Oregon is, game. Yeah, that like, game. Yeah. Okay, you were just better than us today. Baylor Straight up. Year. You yeah. just beat us. Yes, the Baylor game last year. He said, losses like this are extremely frustrating because we know we are every bit as good as Notre Dame, if not a better team, and we just made so many uncharacteristic mistakes, it was, which Kalani also alluded to in his postgame conference when he said, we just we, we had a lot of dumb errors. We played we played really really 
undisciplined mistakes, football yeah. made some stupid he mistakes. He said stupid times, mistakes, right? Like, and there were a, a handful of communication breakdowns. There were there were Why multiple is Isaac occasions Rex not getting in on a PAT. There, there are multiple occasions where BYU only had ten players on the field. BYU misses a PAT. Like what? It's game six. What are we doing? Yeah, I mean, just just oh, uncharacteristic. You, you don't expect it from BYU, and so. Yeah, uh, a fair point brought up by a coach saying we're just frustrated because yeah. we know, we know that BYU football is better than this and we prepared better than this. Yeah. And so to lose that way is just really, really frustrating. Is BYU better than this in terms of slow starts, though? This has been three games in a row now, Spencer, where BYU hasn't jumped out of the gate. First quarter, 12 plays, 46 yards. Down uh, 18 to 6 at half, by the way. Second quarter, nine frankly, plays. Frankly, was fortunate given how the first half went. Right? Could have been worse. But if BYU scores again or prevents a score, it probably wins the game. Although, did that urgency summon that performance from BYU in the second half? Halftime, BYU's got 63 yards. 63 yards. What? 63 total yards. Interception, punt, TD, punt, safety. Second half, touchdown, touchdown, punt downs. Only four possessions. A nine-possession game is tough for BYU. That was super low. Um, Notre Dame controlled the ball, uh, got first downs, what was it, 11 of 16? That's really tough. you got to get off the field. And BYU's slow starts are hurting them. Yeah, you it didn't get... the last two weeks when you're at home against the Mountain West, but it certainly burned BYU in this first half to where the comeback was on, but there, but there wasn't enough time and you didn't have another possession or two. I don't fault the fourth down run call, by yeah. the way. You just got to make another block there. and, and get, I, I do wonder why Christopher Brooks wasn't the one running in. I know he came off and taped his ankle, but he had a nice game, man. He ran for uh, 6.4 yards per carry. Unfortunately, because there are a series of mistakes earlier in the game compounding, then everybody wants to point to that critical decision late. Right. When there are so yes. many different things. Like sure. the safety, the interception. Again, those two one-play drives. Puka Nakua, how many times is he going to catch that ball running down the sideline? 99 out out of 100. Seriously. And now people are like, oh, it was pass interference. It was defensive holding. He still usually makes that catch regardless. And they they cut him on the sideline. He was extremely disappointed. Because he he knows he's better than that. Like, unfortunate that that now we're all kind of focusing on that late play and then the unconverted fourth one. But, like, really, the problem is the first half. Yes. Straight up. Yes. Beard's got to show up. People get so mad about, oh, why did they call that run on fourth and one? And how, I can't believe Puka dropped that pass and the penalty. It never should have come down to that, Jeremy. It never but, should have been about okay. that. It's about the first half. Yes. BYU ran what, 46 total plays in the game? That's crazy low. And, and that's BYU's defense has got to get off the field, okay? I got a DM, <laughs> I got a DM Sunday morning, 1.47 a.m. How do I purchase a ticket to the second half of the Arkansas game? <laughs> I'm getting tired of showing up before the team does. Oregon, Wyoming, Utah State, Notre Dame. BYU's got to oh. start faster, obviously. And, and my concern, Spence, and we'll get to this later in the week more, is BYU's not trending in a 10-win direction at all. They're trending in an 8-win direction where you're going to get caught sometimes where if you don't show up, you lose. Notre Dame's certainly a talented team. They've not played great this year, but they're up to, what, 27, I think, in the ESPN FBI. Like, they're quality. They're, they're a good team. Um, and, and on paper, Notre Dame was supposed to win that game, and they did. But BYU had chances to win, and that's why this is very disappointing that BYU blew an opportunity to have a nice win, stay in the top 25, yeah. keep this going, and a couple of mistakes that this experienced of a team in game six should not be happening. Yeah. Should not 
have this going on. I, I know it hurts to think about what could have been, but if BYU comes back and somehow steals that game away from Notre Dame, the Cougars are probably 13 or 14. Yep. You're 5-1. and one, Yep. And you have a legitimate, legitimate shot to make a run at, you know, 11-1 and one in the regular season. Yeah. Absolutely. I, but, you know, I, that's not to say that BYU can't still go win 10 games in the regular season and 11 games with the bowl game win, but that's a conversation Math- for another day. Just mathematically, like, yes, but they're not trending in that direction No, at for all. sure, for sure. They've no. got to figure out the first half. Like, BYU is trending like it's going to lose to Arkansas this week and maybe at Liberty. Like, and that concerns me. This team's better than this. BYU's got this to figure team out. needs to be better. Yes. Well, we're saying they're better. It's six games in. This is who BYU is. Four like, two. They can improve. They're a second-half team. They're yes, a second-half team. They can improve, but what you've shown us through half the season, which is – which is, we talked to Robert and I like in 2014 and said, how many games do you need to know what you are? And he goes, six. All right. Here four we are. Two. BYU's four and two. Granted, the two games they were not favored in, they lost. The four games they were favored Is in, BYU favored against were, Arkansas? Yes, by two. Dang it. Okay. <laughs> by two. And it's an afternoon game. I, I love mean, that that's somebody, good, right? I love that somebody pointed out that said, hey, uh, BYU's good after 6 p.m., just point, like, second half started at 6.13 p.m. in well, Las Vegas. No, BYU stunk at 6 uh, against Wyoming and, uh, yeah. yeah, against Wyoming. And even Utah State, it took to, like, 10 p.m. Afternoon game for BYU Sorry, against Wyoming. Arkansas and an afternoon game for BYU on the road at Liberty in Lynchburg, Virginia. This has just been announced. BYU and Liberty will kick off at 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 Mountain in Lynchburg, Virginia on either ESPN2 or ESPNU. This what do you is think? a sneaky game. Afternoon game, East Coast? Well, I'm not in favor of it. I'm not in favor given how things have typically gone for BYU in the <sighs> afternoon over the last three years. The correlation is strong. It's but the East Coast. It's and not a causation. Slow start. Like, can BYU figure it out? Can BYU take the juice and, and play a big first half like they did against USF? One big first half for BYU this season, and it was against USF. Yes, uh, the worst team on the schedule. That's what it took. Liberty's a way this better team than USF. This team's good. Show up in the first half. Let's go. Okay, let's recap our game day guarantees. <laughs> Here's our game day guarantee results. We have to give them to you. We're contractually obligated. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Lead us off, Jaron. All right, I said Jaron Hall will have three or more TDs. No, he had two. I thought Jaron would play well. He, d- he didn't play well. This wasn't a good game for Jaron. Well, I whiffed on something related to Jaron Hall that I'll get to in a second. BYU will make a field goal. Yeah, I asked a really hard thing there. Jerry didn't even attempt one. Missed the PhD. The issues in the kicking game. Okay. And first 17 wins. Yep. Yeah, Notre Dame did. Yeah, yeah. Notre Dame hit 18 in the first half. Yeah, yeah I got one. For sure. All right. I was two for three. Uh, number one, I, like yours, you said first to 17 wins. I thought first to 20 wins because uh, BYU typically scores like in the low 20s. Yeah. Well, Notre Dame hit 20 very early yeah. and they win the game. <laughs> uh, here's where I majorly with BYU will throw for 50 or at least 50 more yards than Notre Dame. BYU got more than doubled up in the pass yards game. 262 to 120. That was way off. And and Cody Epps' uh, play was how long again? 50? What was that? Yeah. Like all 53 yards. of the 120 were on one play. Okay, number three, I said BYU will rush for more than 10 yards in the second quarter. <laughs> they had 12 
It literally took to the last play of the half. Like a garbage Lopini Couture run. Lopini Couture four yards to get like 12 yards of rushing in the second quarter. So BYU now has a grand total of 22 rush yards in six second quarters combined. That doesn't scream 10 wins. Yeah. Two for, I'm 10 for 18 on the season. You, uh, you, you improved to 4 for 18 on the season. 4 for 18. Yeah. I'm going to be like, BYU's going to kick off <laughs> at some point in the first half. Like, I just got to mail it in. Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation on our question of the day. What cost BYU ultimately against Notre Dame? Real sports fan on Twitter says, not preparing in a way to double team and stop Mayer, at least on obvious third down passing situations. Here's the thing. I think BYU did prepare for that. Just didn't execute it. Didn't do it. They didn't execute it. Because in the end, your intentions aren't what we discussed. It's no. what you do. Yeah, they just didn't execute game. it. Yeah. They didn't execute the bracket. They they didn't get to the quarterback in time. Like, yeah, when, when you go to heaven, your intentions will be judged, like, fairly. They are not in sports. <laughs> intentions don't matter. Okay. Continues. Not calling plays on offense. BYU had beaten Notre Dame within the game when it counted like the spread option run. Epps first half touchdown and spreading Notre Dame out with four wide receivers and running the ball. I, again, we can second guess everything. We can second guess everything. Third guess, fourth guess, whatever. Yeah, BYU wasn't good enough. Got to play better. Got, Let's yes, go. yes. Okay, coordinators corner coming up at two Eastern time on the BYU TV app. Ed Lamb, Elijah Tuiaki, recapping Notre Dame, looking into Arkansas. Could be some uh, good conversation about what went on in this game coming up on coordinators corner. And I know a lot of you probably didn't feel like watching the post game because you're mad after BYU lost Notre Dame, but Jaron Hall was not surprisingly very, very mature, great leader, and he, he revealed some things to me that you're going to want to hear. Jaron Hall's post-game interview next on BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. So loud in that moment when Chris Brooks rumbled into the end zone. BYU falls short 28-20 to Notre Dame. The Cougars, by the way, have never scored more than 23 points in any of the nine games against Notre Dame. It just, it's just been tough sledding for sure. And that has to do with the opponent, I'm sure. Yeah. We are live in Studio B. Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton here. Uh, I mentioned before the break, I spoke with Jaron Hall after the game. And uh, tough situation, one, after you didn't play a very good game, relatively speaking, to come out, address those concerns, the interception, the safety. But Jaron Hall is a leader. And you better believe I asked him about his shoulder and the injury and how much it was affecting him. Here is my interview with Jaron Hall after the loss against Notre Dame. Jaron, what a battle in the second half after, you know, just about as bad a first half as you could have hoped for. Uh, what was the mindset of the team in the locker room at halftime and coming back out into the second half? We had to, you know, band together, go play the offense that, you know, we're, we know we're capable of and, and defensively to continue to do their thing. They played great all night, gave us a lot of opportunities, but, you know, we just we just made some adjustments at halftime like we've, you know, been good at doing the last couple of weeks. But, uh, yes, yeah, just not enough. You had some shots there uh, late in the game to get back in it, um, to the team's credit. Um, walk me through the idea behind the play call for Lopini Catoa on the fourth and one. Yeah, one yard, confident in that play that we have. We practice it all the time. Um, you know, just just didn't work out. And that's, uh, you know, that's about it. Where else do you feel like this team 
could have executed at a higher level to make things easier on you, you tonight? Uh, I could have been better, taking care of the ball better. First play of the game, we throw a pick. It's uh, tough sledding, but uh, you know we bounced back very well after that. And then uh, you know just some other other situations where I just didn't I didn't make great decisions, um, taking sacks when I shouldn't have. And you know that's on me. I got to be better with some of those drives and you know really crucial times where we gave them momentum. So you know I got to look at that tape. I got to be better and put us in better situations. That's on me. So when when you uh, let's go back to that first drive, um, how much is your shoulder and, and your injury helping or affecting you in that moment yeah no no effect at all you know my shoulder's good um contrary to a lot of what people think is going on actually i'm you know i'm i'm, I'm good and healthy um just a just a, a bad ball plain and simple and they they made a play on it and you know that was that you're able to open up the pass game in this in the second half what changed yeah we just started taking shots over the middle i got coding involved you know really quickly yeah they were doing some things you know exposing the middle of the field and we were able to take advantage um, got the run game going throughout most of the game, and that really took a lot of, you know, stress off of us outside. Um, but again, just didn't get enough snaps the first half. Just, just didn't sustain enough drives. What'd you learn about your team tonight? Maybe that you didn't know before. Well, you know, we're, we're a really good team. You know, when we put everything together, we're a really good team. We just haven't haven't done that yet this year. Um, you know, we got to evaluate what's going on, and, and we got to do it now. So that'll be our focus this week. What's the key to starting fast? Because that's a growing theme this season. You got to keep drives going, you know, plain and simple. We got to stay ahead of the chains. We got to be better on first down, I think. Just get more positive yards. Um, keep us in, you know, second, third, and manageable. Um, but that's something we'll, you know, we'll look at. We'll be better at. You mentioned Cody Epps. Uh, what's working so well with him in the past game? Because he's emerging. Confidence. I mean, the kid, he studies a lot. Um, he looks at all, you know, everything that's being thrown at him. You know, he, he talks to me often throughout the week about what he's seeing so I can know what, you know, what he's going to do. And, we just found ways to get him involved really well. So I'm really proud of him, and I'm excited to see him continue to grow in the player I know will be. What's top priority as you get ready for Arkansas next week? Uh, just, get back to, just get back to our roots. You know, we got to put the run game and the pass game together. That's when we're at our best. We just haven't done that this year. So whatever it takes, you know, I'm not sure right now what it is that we need to do differently, but that's what we got to figure out this week. Jaron Hall, BYU quarterback. Okay, a couple of things I just typed down as I was listening to it again. I've listened to it a few times, obviously. Um, he says, I'm fine. Like, my shoulder's fine, contrary to the reports that are out there. Like, when I got to the game, I was feeling fine. I, I don't – it doesn't seem it, like he he's, not gonna, he's, it, not, he, he's not going to put it on. Like, he's not an excuse maker. He's not going to say, I was hurt, and yeah. that's why I didn't play Yeah, he's not – he'll never well. do that. He's not going to say Ever. that. Ever. But it, it seems pretty obvious that something was up, right? Like, that's so obvious. Yeah, but I asked him about that first throw. Okay, so how much of that first throw is on your injured shoulder? And he said – it's not on my shoulder. It was just a bad ball. Are you buying that? What I'm buying is that BYU should never play Utah State again in football <laughs> because, yet again, we have an injury from that game. Like, there's no need to play those guys anymore. And Jaron Hall, it, that, I mean, that could be miscommunication. It looks like more miscommunication than, like, a bad throw. Oh, he's just on his, Also, he's, he's on got his, pressure he's in his, his face. back heel. He's got – well, that, that was his choice. Right. Right? Pressure on – pressure got, because of the pressure, got pressure, he's on his back heel. Yeah. And maybe, but to miss the route on the first play is super weird. I like middle of the game, third down, clock's winding down, pressure moment in the red zone. That's different than we've scripted this, or this is clearly what we're going to do on the first play. Oh, by the way, let's go find you, Gunner. I would have loved for BYU to find Puka Nakul way more in this game, by the way. He is BYU's number one playmaker besides Jaron Hall, like skill position outside of the QB. Puka Nakul is such a weapon. 
Pierre did not find him no at all. No catches. No one, catches. One run for 10 yards. And uh, three targets. And maybe maybe the granted, hammy was giving him a hard time. Granted, he dropped the pass and he was inter- he was interfered. Yes. He dropped the pass. But even if he catches that, Spence, that's one, one grab. One catch. Way more Puka. Like, I want Michael Mayer level of targets. Well, Kalani Sataki said that. Puka. Was, we didn't get Puka the one. That was really frustrating. And BYU's got a lot of weapons. By the way, you know who's a dude officially? Like, officially after that game? Cody Epps. Absolutely. He's a dude. He is a dude. Like, on both of his touchdowns, whoo! Like, the one at the goal line burns his man. The like, arrow. Run an arrow. Like, BYU does not always have that guy. You know what I'm saying? Footwork, like, they have that guy. Operation. Like, he's next-level talent. Outran, like, three or four dudes to get the other touchdown. Uh, Cody, Cody Epps is a dude. Keanu Hill's a dude. Gunnar Romney. Puka, let's Can go. BYU be better on first down. Is it that simple to starting quicker? It's not, but that would help. BYU football with Klein Stocky is Tuesdays, 8.30 Eastern time on the BYU TV app. It's the coach. Caden Haas recounts the Notre Dame game. Deep Blue features kicker turned MMA fighter Andrew Mickelson for the brand. And Hobbs Nyberg is in the film. And up next, during the whip, we'll ask, has Taysom Hill reached the peak? Has he ascended Apex Mountain? Is that the best it's ever going to get for Taysom Hill? You mean why not? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for the latest and greatest content. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, and Friendster. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. We are Friendsters. Let's whip it. (laughs) We are Friendsters. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marist, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Can Taysom Hill play a better game than he did yesterday? No, and that's not taking anything away from Taysom. Like he's, oh, he can top. Can anybody top that? <laughs> Will anybody ever in the history of the NFL top how unique and unbelievable that performance was? Because he's a quarterback, tight end, special teams, Swiss Army knife player. He did a little bit of everything. Four total touchdowns. Like. I don't, I don't know that we'll ever see a performance like that ever again. And to your point earlier, you tried to find something. Pro Football simple. Reference has Nothing a, there. a searchable tool. I couldn't oh. find anybody that had had a fumble recovery, at least four touchdowns, and at least one kickoff. How, exactly. How do you beat something that's never happened? He could have more than four touchdowns in a game in the future if he's the starting quarterback. But, like, a fumble recovery? Michael Dixon kicked the ball. Three kick returns? Or Sorry, it was a punt return. <laughs> the same yeah. game. Three kick returns, 69 yards. Like, what? Crazy. Crazy. No, he cannot. That's as good as it gets in variety. No, you can't. That's the most Taysom Hill game ever. Yes, exactly. It doesn't get any more Swiss Army knife than that. (laughs) Yes. Zach Wilson is 2-0 as a starter. Hey. Will Zach Wilson lead the New York Jets to the NFL playoffs this year? Good question. Uh, I would like to see the Jets against good competition. Steelers don't look very good. And the the Dolphins were down to the third string after Teddy Bridgewater gets knocked out. So, yeah, uh, he's playing great. Uh, you know, nice numbers. I would have loved a couple of passing touchdowns. It's going to burn me coming up later in fantasy. But uh, 2-0 is the starter with the Jets. Yeah. 40 I, points last the, yesterday. The Jets are 3-2. Right? and two. We, are, we are beginning to see what could be for the New York Jets. Yes. Which is really exciting. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully they get to that 8-9 mark and are pushing for a playoff spot. That'd be great. If the Jets win, and this goes back to a point I made a long time ago, like, Zach Wilson just needs to make a little bit of progress each year. Like last year, they won what four games? They've got to approximate the playoffs this year. I said like get to at least seven wins. I think the Jets are going to hit at least seven wins. Like maybe eight, eight, nine. Like if they're 
Then there, then it's like, okay, now we've got a solid quarter. Next, year, next year, it's like, yeah. now you got to make the playoffs. Yeah. Robert Sala's third year, Zach Wilson's third year. Now it's time to take the jump. But who knows? Maybe some something weird happens and they sneak into the playoffs with uh, nine or ten wins. But probably not because they're the Jets. BYU women's soccer tied uh, at Pacific Saturday. That's two ties in three games. Is the league title out of reach right now? No, because BYU can still beat Portland on Saturday. But it comes down to that. Like if BYU ties Portland or loses to Portland, then at that point I think, okay, it's probably done. Uh, because there are some really, really good yeah. teams in the West Coast Conference. BYU hasn't closed a deal against teams they typically close a deal against. So, but Doesn't if they make be- you think against the good teams they're going to win. They beat Portland and figure it out, then they're right back in the hunt. Yeah. For sure. And they, yeah, they host Santa Clara. They're at Pepperdine. Some of the toughest games are going to be at home, which is great. Nine points for Pepperdine. I don't think they do points in the league. They just do winning percentage, I think. I believe so. Which is weird. Why not the points thing with three and one with ties and whatnot? Because they're only four points behind right now if they did points. I don't think they do. All right, let's take that up with the West Coast Conference officials. Let's do it next year. Let's change it. <laughs> the latest round of football bowl projections are out featuring BYU, Jerem. Uh, they include BYU facing UNLV in the New Mexico Bowl, SMU at the Boca Raton Bowl. Okay. Um, Jerem, so let, let's compare the two, okay? Because you, you've been to Boca Raton before, but you haven't been to Albuquerque. I have been to Albuquerque. Wait, oh, sorry. You haven't gone on the Breaking Bad tour of Albuquerque yet, correct? No. Okay. I haven't broke bad. Would you give up the beach in Florida so that you can go on your Breaking Bad tour? Would you, yeah, would you choose the New Mexico Bowl? Yeah, because I've been to the Boca Raton Bowl. You'd choose the yeah. New Mexico Bowl? Yeah. I, against you, or well, that's SMU, right? No, it's UNLV. UNLV in the New Mexico Bowl? Woof. Well, what, <laughs> do you want to play Cincinnati in Armed Forces? That's a good game. Depends what you want. Do you want uh, a good location, or do you want <clears> a good bowl, or a good opponent? See, I'm all about location, location, location in December. Yeah. For you, it's Albuquerque. In, in December, I thought BYU was playing on January 1st. BYU's uniform and helmet combo is a custom royal helmet with cougar on one side, mountains on the other, as you can see on the disc. This week, uh, which is awesome. Do you like uh, this, this, uh, the cougar side of the helmet or the mountain side better? Uh, I'm kind of the mountain guy. Um, just because I think when you go to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and that's where the game's gonna be played on Saturday, like you see the mountain backdrop and the stretch Y in the middle of the field. Like the cougar is super cool. Don't get me wrong, super cool, but I, I like the mountains because it just kind of, I think it embodies what Lavelle Edwards Stadium is in Provo, Utah, and that, it's the most, one of the most amazing settings in all of college football. I thought it was mountain this whole time until you said that. Oh, well, you're welcome. Lay- Layton. Mountain. Dalton Nixon. Linton. Mountain. Spencer Linton. <laughs> what? After further review, it breaks down the film of the Notre Dame game. What, a, what happened? And previews Arkansas. Dave, Blaine, David, break it down. Tuesday, 7 Eastern, on the BYU TV. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, it's a Maddich Monday with ESPN's Trevor Maddich. How does BYU figure out how to turn this thing around and get better, quicker starts? And what would he have done against Michael Mayer to switch things up? Stay with us on BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B on a Monday. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. It is that time 
Maddich Monday is back on BYU Sports Nation. ESPN College Football Insider and expert Trevor Maddich is joining us to discuss what in the world happened between BYU and Notre Dame in Las Vegas. Trevor, first of all, hope you had a nice weekend. How are you? You know what? I'm good. And, and the both of you look fantastic, like you're about to join the Provo bobsled team. <laughs> so congratulations on that. That's, that's USA. Wonderful. Listen, uh, there you you know, go. now that BYU is out of the rankings, we got to look at other stuff. So <laughs> there you go. Well, bobsled is. I mean, you can. There's a lot of places you can be on the bobsled team now. This is that's a great. True. It's a great point that's you true. bring up. Uh, we'll continue this conversation once we have finished uh, the BYU football conversation. So let's go there, Trevor. And, and you were vocal on Twitter on Saturday, much like uh, a lot of BYU fans were about BYU's slow start again, their inability to defend Michael Mayer, the All-American tight end for Notre Dame, among other things. Ultimately, where do you feel BYU fell short in the game against Notre Dame? Execution. Execution. This feels ugly, doesn't it? But... Overall, BYU did a lot of really good things. I mean, I went back over my notes and looked at some of the highlights. BYU did a lot of really, really good things. And as you watch this game, a lot of those things weren't taken into account. They didn't give them credit for it. But they had a lot to do with the fact that BYU was within one score at the end with a chance to to possibly tie this thing up. So we start there. But execution was very poor. And let me just start with this. Um, On defense... Defense did a lot of good things. But there were too many times when they beat themselves. For example, there was a a guy rushing off the offensive right side. And he went upfield, he contained the quarterback, and then he decided to fold inside. He had contained, or somebody else had contained and needed to do a late loop out to replace him. Either way, there was a busted assignment on on contain. Notre Dame quarterback Drew Pine escaped out and made a big play to continue a drive. Earlier in the game, a, a very similar thing happened where the defender went inside that had contained. The, he wasn't blocked in there. He just went in there. And these are things that BYU can't afford to do against a team like Notre Dame. It's, it's one thing if the other side is better than you. It's one thing if the other player is better than you. I, I get that. I've been in that situation a lot. But you need to make sure that you're in the right place doing the right thing so that if they win, they beat you. And BYU too many times opened the gate for Notre Dame to make it easy on Trevor, Jaron Hall did not play well. In fact, it was probably his worst game as a Coug. Nine completions in the game. Slow start. That first throw was weird with an interception. What was different, in your opinion, from him? Because after the game, he admitted he was injured earlier in the week, but said he was 100% during the game. It's hard to say how much an injury might have affected him. I mean, that first throw was really eye-opening because it is a play that they had practiced all week that they would open the game with. They talked about it the night before the game. This is our first play. We'll hit a deep strike down the right sideline. It'll be fantastic. And then it was either a miscommunication where the receiver thought it was a go route or, or and the quarterback was throwing a back shoulder, or it was a problem with arm strength and his arm wasn't ready to go yet. And it wasn't fully warmed up. And, and he was banged up a lot more than anybody is admitting. So I don't know which of those things is true. I do know that in the second half, when they started to attack a little bit farther down the field in the middle, they had a lot of success. But the first half really put them so far behind the curve that they needed a miraculous comeback in the second half to even have a chance. And so I, I, I know what they're saying about him or what he's saying about him not being banged up. The coaches say something different. But I'm a little worried that he might be being a little bit too brave and he may be uh, a little more banged up than he's admitting. And that, that could be a problem going forward if he doesn't get that healed. 
Trevor Maddich of ESPN is with us on BYU Sports Nation. To BYU's credit, Trevor, and you pointed out much better second half. The Cougars are down five, have the ball after a Max Tooley interception, and are driving but just couldn't piece together some of those key plays late in the game. Uh, overall in the second half, uh, and especially late in the fourth quarter, what did BYU need to do differently to try and just get Pet to survive and, and steal this game away from Notre Dame? Well, one of the things they could have done was gone against expectations a little bit more. Notre Dame was coming up to, to gum up the running game. And BYU still was able to run statistically pretty well. They kept safeties deep so they wouldn't get burned over the top, but that left a lot of space between the line of scrimmage and the linebackers coming up and the, the deep safeties. And in the second half, Hall exploited that. Cody Epps exploited that. Goodness gracious. There was space there, but BYU hit that space. They found it. But there were plays where, like for example, on that critical fourth and one where they ran off right tackle and got stuffed, that was a play that they've used in the past. Notre Dame knew it was a play they used in the past. The linebacker, who was kind of over the center, scraped over to the right and got there before the offensive lineman could come off his combo block and pick him up. And he's the one that really initially stopped that play because Notre Dame expected it. And it's one thing to say, look, we have a, a big physical offensive line. This is what we do best. We're going to go ahead and do what we do best. That's really good. But if you're in a game against a, an opponent that can put up a fair fight against you, sometimes it might be good to go against that stereotype and do something else. There were plays that were open for the receivers at the second level. I'm thinking they could have exploited that even more. Yeah, nine completions, uh, a very low number from uh, Jaron Hall. BYU finally got it going, but it was a little too late. The slow start was BYU's undoing. Michael Mayer was dominant. 15 targets, 11 catches, 118 yards, two touchdowns. Sets the Notre Dame record for career uh, receptions, I believe, in the game. It was, he was tough to stop. How would uh, you have recommended BYU stopping him next time or limiting him? Well, I, <laughs> Jeremy, if, if Godzilla and King Kong had a baby, it would be Michael Mayer. <laughs> he just, he's just too big, too strong, too much speed for his size. And BYU's got a very athletic group of linebackers and safeties. The problem is that Mayer is just that much bigger. And so they really did almost everything they needed to do. A lot of his catches were contested. And he just is the bigger, stronger guy. There's not much you can do about that. But there were some plays where he was open, way too open. And I think BYU could have done a better job to bracket him and then be vulnerable in other places and see if Drew Pine, the Notre Dame quarterback, could have exploited that. As it was, he completed a few passes to other folks, but half of Pine's completions, 11 out of 22 completions, went to Michael Mayer. And the interception that Max Tooley got in the second half was a play like I just described. They had a, a defender over the top of him, and then Tooley came in underneath, and they squeezed him, they bracketed him. So it had to be a perfect pass, and it wasn't, and it was picked off. There were too many times when they lost sight of him, or at least it appeared that they lost sight of him, because they let him get into an open space instead of squeezing those zones down to make sure that the space wasn't that clear for an easy throw by the quarterback. Trevor, BYU drops out of the Associated Press poll for the first time, I believe, in 12 consecutive polls. No longer ranked. Arkansas coming to Provo this Saturday. In your opinion, what's the realistic ceiling for this BYU football team now that they're 4-2 and two and just outside the top 25? Well, at this point, 
they still can be a nine or ten win team. They could even be an eleven win team. If you look at their schedule going forward, they're they're favored by ESPN's Football Power Index FPI to beat Arkansas. But I think I think FPI might be underselling Arkansas a little bit. If they can get past Arkansas, a ten win regular season is there, and it gives them a chance to get to eleven if uh, in in a bowl game. So uh, this still could be a very very good season and a very good season from a win-loss standpoint, against a very difficult Power 5 schedule that they have. So right now it feels bad. It feels it feels really bad for BYU fans. But this season is still young, and there's still a lot to play for. And this team can still have one, one of the better seasons we've had in recent memory. But that Arkansas game is a big hurdle because K.J. Jefferson, their quarterback, is you know, he missed last week against Mississippi State. Looks like he'll be back. And even if he's not, the backup, Hornsby, was absolutely phenomenal. I guess Mississippi State, for the most part, he made some mistakes, but he's a playmaker himself as a backup quarterback for Arkansas. So BYU, if they can get past this game, this can still be a stellar season. Yeah, and BYU's not trending in a direction where 10 wins feels like it's probably going to happen, right? That's perhaps the issue the last couple of games. Let's spend some time. But but they're good enough to do it. Sure, yes. Uh, They just need to jump out of that trend and show us uh, a little more consistency and show up in the first half like you talked about. Okay, let's spend some time talking about Taysom Hill because that was a crazy game yesterday and Zach Wilson. Taysom Hill scores four touchdowns, three rushing, one passing, fumble recovery, 69 kickoff returns. I looked on pro football reference, Trevor. I I couldn't find a single player ever having those stats in a game in NFL history. What did you see from Taysom Hill and and can he possibly play better than that in a game? He that, he can play that way every week if they let him. It's just a matter of the staff allowing him to maximize what he can do. And when you see them give him those opportunities, you see him maximize those opportunities. But it's really not up to him. It's the staff. He's got this in him all the time. And you see flashes of this, this playmaking. You see flashes of this versatility all the time. But then they pull him back. Okay, well, that, that's a, a choice of the coaching staff. So, you know, and even the one pass that he threw, the touchdown pass, he 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 – threaded it in there on a dart to a, a vertical route into the end zone with defenders converging on both sides. It was a fantastic throw. Okay. Thanks, Taysom. You don't need to throw anymore. Well, okay. <laughs> then he won't throw anymore, you know, but, but he can do other stuff. And so he, he, he's so much fun to watch because of that, but he's also fun to watch mostly because of his joy for the game. I mean, you can see in his face and his smile, he's so joyful. And so he's entertaining, not necessarily even because of the playmaking that he does, but because of how entertaining he is oh, and how joyful he is. For sure, an all-time performance. And from a guy that you wondered, you know, five, six years ago, if he was ever going to play football again, given his injury pass. So it's really, really cool to watch that come to fruition. Now we move our attention to Zach Wilson, the other BYU quarterback in the league right now, uh, Trevor. And the Jets are 3-2. and two. Zach Wilson is 2-0 and oh as a starter. Are the Jets good? Are they legitimately good with Zach Wilson? With Zach Wilson, they're legitimately a threat. And there's two reasons. One is the way he can attack the field. He can get the ball deep. He can get the ball driven to the sidelines. He makes the defense defend every inch of that field. And because of that, it creates more space for for receivers that might not be great receivers, but that are good receivers, to be able to work and make plays. So because of and also as a runner, he's able to to burn people if they bring the pass rush too fast and they open up a pass rushing lane somewhere where he can squirt through and and run the ball. So these are things that make him dangerous. Are the Jets good? They're not good yet, but you can see what what they can be as they continue to build pieces around Zach Wilson because of his ability to attack 
everywhere. And really, the best quarterbacks in the league have this ability. It's not just that they're able to read a defense and go where the defense is, is soft. I mean, that that's an important prerequisite. But then physically, if you can add to that, the physical ability to force them to do everything at once, then on defense, you really need 12 defenders, not 11, in order to defend at all. And Wilson puts them in that kind of a situation. And between Taysom Hill, Zach Wilson, Jamal Williams, Fred Warner, and others, it's a good time for the Cougs in the NFL. Trevor, well said. We appreciate the insight. And here's to a much better performance for BYU against another Power 5 opponent, Arkansas, this Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, they'll need to. And, and keep in mind this about Arkansas. They're third in the SEC in rushing. So defense, buckle up. And they're first in the SEC in sacks. They give up a lot of passing yards, mm. but they get after the quarterback. So this will be a line of scrimmage game. All right. Duly noted from Trevor Maddich. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. He has the ESPN College Football Insider, Trevor Maddich, back for another Maddich Monday. It's a Maddich Monday. He's going to help us uh, break it down. Watch all your Cougar sports content from shows, interviews, and games on demand on BYUSN.com. Congrats on getting the most pictures in there. Yeah, yeah. There might be a record there. <laughs> Up next, our BYUSN fantasy football results. Did I join the ranks of Nick Saban in Alabama and get to 6-0? and Find out next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. We've got one final thing to do here as we recap our Fantasy Football Friday results. Jerem, uh, Zach Wilson was better than Jaron Hall for the first time, but it still wasn't enough. 33-25, so I'm now 6-0. Zach, get in the end zone, dog. More. <laughs> Come on, baby. All right, let's hear from Voice of the Nation now. Our question of the day, what cost BYU the game against Notre Dame? Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated from Tanner Sites on Instagram says, the whole first half. That, that Pretty hurt. much. That hurt. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. How can it not be Taysom Hill? Taysom Hill, amazing game. Unbelievable. Our thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddich of ESPN. Sorry to Dennis, we ran out of time. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out and happy birthday to Kalani Satake. Watch Coordinator's Corner today at 1 p.m. Eastern, sorry, 2 p.m. Eastern on the BYU TV app. Go Cougs.